Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated today. What a way to end the worship service. Praise God. It's kind of interesting that you guys ended with that song, um, as I watched around in worship today, the thought came to me that I've got to spend a little bit more time teaching our church what it means to be in the presence of the Lord. And it's not that, no, that people don't want the presence of the Lord and, and you're not hungry for the presence of the Lord, but I think it's more of maybe you're not quite sure what, it is, what the presence of the Lord is how do I, um, how am I included in that? How do I participate in that? I think we need to answer some hows. And you know, everything with God, I like how it said, how really what that song does is it goes through what we call the Apostles' Creed. And that's where you talk about the different things as Christians. These are fundamental beliefs that we have. And so when we sing songs like that, what you're doing is you're declaring these, these fundamental facts or belief that we share and we hold as Christians. How many saw that? So a song like that isn't so much where you're like, oh, I'm out in the spirit and I'm just feeling God. A song like that is, is you're more conscious and you're more deliberate and you're saying, I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the three in one. And what you're doing is you're, you're, you're confessing with your mouth what you believe in your heart. Everything that happens, I, I, want, I want us to get this today. Um, I've got a, a message all laid out, but I, I want to communicate. However that looks today, I, I want to communicate. And I want us to really be real with each other and try to have a takeaway today. But, but everything that happens with God has to start with what I call facts. Um, anything that we um, base life and character or morality or, or actions that we have as people or human beings, what we have to do, and that's why we have the Bible, is it needs to be based on the word of the Lord. So if people come up and tell you something that you've read, that you've read the Bible and you're kind of familiar with something, and they come up and they say, God told me this, and you're like, well, I don't ever remember hearing that in the Bible. Or even you hear somebody on TV or a preacher. That's why it's important that you guys look up the scriptures that I'm preaching to you and that you guys discern even what I'm telling you because we're all human and we're all fallible. and We all do the best we can to bring truth, but you need to make sure, hey, as you're reading the word, that you're seeing what I'm reading and what I'm teaching lines up with fact in the word of the Lord. So things always start with facts. With, because of this, because of this fact, I have belief in that and I act on it because of this fact. And I'm going to go through some of that today. But, um, but like, like we have basis for salvation because the word says this. There, there's like three things you got to remember. It starts with fact and then you decide to put, I think before belief, I think there's actually, you might, let's say it's four. To me, you start with a fact. In other words, you read the Bible. And guys, remember when you read the Bible, you may not get it with your head at first, 
But sometimes you'll get it on the inside and you're like, man, I get this on the inside, but I don't quite understand it in my head yet. That's okay. Because the Bible says that God's spirit and they that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. And also the Bible says that God takes and he writes his law. He writes his word. He writes, he, he writes this scripture. He writes it on our hearts and our mind. And so sometimes uh, we, we may not understand something and we may not get something. But on the inside, you know it's right, but you may not understand it. So what I do is when I'm reading scripture or I'm trying to understand a fact, what I do is I start with it, and I know it's a fact because it's the word of the Lord. But then I'll just say, God, I really don't understand this. I really don't know what I'm reading. In fact, I don't even like to go to um, Bible commentaries first. I personally like to ask the Lord first because the Holy Spirit's in us, and he leads us into truth. Amen. But, but, I'll, but I'll get a scripture, and then I'll say, and then I'll say, Lord, bring understanding to me. If I'm reading a book that's full of scripture, and I'm like, and I'm like uh, man, this is from God. That, this guy, that he got a revelation. He really gets it in this book. Do you know I'll stop and I'll say, Lord, as I'm reading this book, I pray that I'll be given the understanding that you gave that writer as he wrote it. And then when I started praying that, because there are some good books out there, brothers and sisters. When I started praying that, I began to think, Let's do it with the good book. And I, and I pray when I read the word. I say, Lord, as you opened and you declared your word and you brought illumination and revelation to Paul. You know, in Galatians chapter 1, if you'll read the beginning of Galatians chapter 1, Paul will say that the things that he's giving you, the things that he's teaching, he said, I didn't receive it a man and I didn't receive it from going to school. He said, I didn't receive it from, from being educated. He said, even the disciples, I only went to Jerusalem, and I only talked to them for 14 days. He said, the things that I'm telling you concerning the kingdom of God, the, the revelation or the understanding that I'm bringing to you has been revealed to me by the Holy Spirit. So guys, I really believe that, that, that any person here, any person here, you can take the word. You don't have to be a priest or a prophet. You can take the word, and if you have a hunger in your heart to know truth, you can take fact, and then you can say, Lord, bring understanding and move it from my spirit to where I understand it with my head. Amen? So you take fact, and then you, and you, take fact and then you ask God for revelation and understanding, and then after you have that, then you can act out what you believe in. To me, it's fact. It's understanding it. And then it's choosing to believe it. It's choosing to believe it. And then when you believe something, you act on it. Okay? So, I think with the move of the Spirit, I think, I think as we grow in our faith walks, there's things we get about the cross. There's things we get about the cross. There's things we get about forgiveness. There, there's scriptures that we all know about, about Jesus and forgiveness and salvation. And there comes to a point where we can say, those are facts. And now what I'm doing is I'm choosing, those are facts that I understand. And now I'm choosing to believe those facts. And then you take the next step and you say, and you say now I'm going to confess with my mouth. And I'm, because I believed in my heart on the Lord Jesus, now I'm going to confess with my mouth. And I'm going to ask Jesus into my heart. Then that scripture becomes a reality. 
and it becomes something that you're walking in. It, can, it works with everything. If you see something in there with your marriage, about mar- marriage, if you see something in there about parenting, this word is full of facts that will make, that, that, that will make you succeed and, and it'll help you to do good in this life. But, but those facts have to be revealed to us to where we understand them and then after we understand them, we believe it enough to where we act on it. The reason a lot of people can't experience the, the things of God, let's, let's talk about with family and let's talk about with marriage, is because we believe stories that we've heard. We believe things that we've been taught. We believe in press professors and educational systems and, and the person that has the degrees sometimes more than we believe what the word says about parenting and we believe what the word says about marriage but we have to come to a place like to me when you look at the bible the bible's like something you submit to when you're a christian you you, you don't have to submit to any you, you're you have free will you don't have to submit to anything that you don't want to But when you get to a place where you love God, you say, Lord, I love you, and I'm going to submit to every word that you say to me. And submitting is when you read something in the word. Submitting is when you read something in the word. You read a fact in the word, and then you've you've got an understanding of that fact, and then you realize, whoa, I'm not acting out that principle. I'm not acting out that procedure. I'm not doing what the word says. And so you say submitting is when you submit what you think, what you feel, and actually what you want to do. Do you know when you're angry with somebody, you have to submit to the word? Do you know when you're bitter to somebody, when you've been hurt by somebody? It it all, there has to be a place where you submit to the teaching of the word of the Lord because you've received understanding. And then you get to a place where you believe and you trust in your heart that God's going to make it out. I love 1 Peter chapter 3, where it talks about a woman is to have a quiet spirit. And it talks about how a woman is to be towards her husband. And it gives real clear directions. If you, if you want to be a godly woman, there are real clear directions in, um, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. But when you, when you read that, lady, some of it you're going to be like this. <laughs> That's outdated. don't think so I'm not doing that one you you will do that trust me you'll do that because there's things that God asked me of a man to do and I look at it and say oh I don't think so really I I think that might have worked back then but I don't know about today guys you know we can get in that humanistic thinking so what happens is we get to a place where we say Man, I'm going to believe what God's word says enough to where I'm going to put it above the stories that I believe, how I feel about the situation, what I want to do. Hey, did Jesus want to go to the cross? How many think he was like, oh boy, let's go to the cross today? He's, he, he sweat to where it was great drops of blood, scripture says, to where he agonized and he said, Father, I know we've, we've talked about this all uh, for eternity. I know we've had this planned out. You know, God had a plan clear back in Genesis 3.16 when, when the fall came. He had the plan then. Well, I know we had the plan, and I, 
but if there's any way, other way possible than this, let this, let, then we'll do it that way. Let this cup pass. And then he said, well, there's no other way. I got to do it this way. So Jesus, he fought three, three times. He said, is there any other way? How many, do, how many of us fight? How many of us fight? Is there any other way I could make this work with that person? Is there any other way that, 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 that we can get this resolved? Does it have to be that way? And, 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 we, and, and we humanize and we reason and we, and we process stuff in, in a mind that's carnal and doesn't even know and, and doesn't even understand all things when the truth is right there. But it gets to a point to where we say, that fact I'm going to believe it. It goes against my, my judge, better judgment. It goes against what I feel about the situation. And it's going to be something I'm not going to enjoy doing it. But I'm going to submit to the word because I believe it. That's where you have trust in the fact. Then you get understanding and you believe in that fact. And that t- enough through you say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that. Even those things I was telling the parents, is there belief in it enough to where we'll practice that? And and, and you think about that. But everything in Scripture, here's what I think the word is today. Everything in Scripture, you guys can forget overheads today, I can tell you that already. But everything in Scripture has to have foundations. You can put the rooted in Christ up. There's, there's three foundations of Christian faith. Everything we believe in, there has to be a basis for that experience. There ha- when I say basis, I mean a biblical basis, a biblical fact, biblical proof, biblical truth in a situation. If there's not biblical truth, then I don't want it. Anybody out there say amen. So, back to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit which is what we're talking about today. I don't think there's an issue of not wanting the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't think there's an issue of not being hungry for the presence. I don't, I don't think there's any issue in our church. I do think there's a lack of understanding. I do think there's a lack of what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and, there's, there, and because of our... I remember when, when I went to... Um, when I first got around the, the moving of the Spirit, I mean, everybody hears about our Father. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Everybody knows about the Father. And we all know about Jesus Christ, the Son, and the things that the Son did. And we understand the cross, forgiveness, resurrection, all that. But guys, there's a third part of the Godhead, and that's the Holy Spirit. And even on that, we got people that think that there's three gods. No, there's one true God. There's one true God, and, 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 and you see these pictures of, of two guys sitting on a throne. No, no, there's one true God, and Jesus Christ is the express image of something that we can see, taste, touch, and feel of God Almighty. Amen. He was God that became flesh so that we could experience him in that way. But then when he left, when Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit. Now listen, some of you may think this is basic, but if, it, if you already know this, then 
let people that don't know it enjoy it, or you can enjoy it again. But, but guys, I think it, do you know, I'm, I'm trying to sense where I want to go. I got 20 minutes on this. I want to sense where I want to go, how I want to go with this. I want to stay, I want to stay on, on this. We're, we're going we're gonna to get to that Holy Spirit peace, okay? And I want to say one more thing before we get to that peace. Is when I was trying to figure out and learn about the Holy Spirit. I'll just tell you, I grew up in a Methodist church. I had all my pins for being there every week. I did all the confirmation, baby dead, baby, all of it. Never missed. I had them all. Sunday school and church. Okay, I grew up in church. I didn't have the foggiest about the Holy Spirit. I remember my mom and dad started learning about the Holy Spirit, and they started a small group as a, of Methodists, and a bunch of them started coming over the, to the house. And I'd come in, just to be honest with you, I'd come in wasted from being an out partying, and I would see these guys praying for each other and praying in different languages I didn't know and and people crying and staying till midnight and I just kind of slipped through <laughs> and get in my room because these guys were, were crazy I thought I had no experience of a presence of God I went to church my whole life but never experienced the presence of God you can go to church every week never never experience the presence of God you can do a religious format and never know God you can and that's what, what it was with me but um, I remember I started experiencing the presence of God. And uh, this girl led me to the Lord through a small group. I followed her to Bible college. She broke up with me the first week. My personality was in alcohol and partying and all that. Now I was a backwards kid that didn't even have enough courage and confidence to go eat in the cafeteria by myself. So I sat in my room and starved to death because I was too backwards to even go to the cafeteria alone. That's the way I was. And I, I grew out of that. And getting in front of people, oh my gosh. Um, so, so anyway, and, and so now I was in a foreign place. Foreign things were happening around me. I'd walk into the service and it'd be like this. I never saw anything but an organ and a piano. And then I walk in, there's a full band, and people are jumping, and people are excited, and they're whistling, and they're clapping their hands, and, and, and I'm like, well, honestly, I got up and left. I'd try to set, and it would freak me out, and I'd go outside. I'd say, man, God, I could have been playing football, because I, I, I was going to play football. I, I could have been playing football, and now I'm at this Bible college, and these people are crazy, and I'd, what's going on, Lord? But he would just, he was just with me. But then I, um, I remember the first times I heard somebody praying in a prayer language. I remember the first time standing around people that lifted their hands. I was like, whoa, what's up with this? I, I, I remember all that. Though I didn't understand it with my head, and though I didn't know scripture, and though I didn't know how to experience what it seemed like people were experiencing around me, there was something about it that I knew it was real. 
and I knew I wanted it. And I was trying to understand it. Um, I remember they would call all night prayer meetings. And I'd crawl under my seat. This church had about 12,000 people. And I'd start at the back where there wasn't anybody and I would crawl on my belly underneath the pews and just lay under pews and listen to people pray and cry and seem like they were experiencing a living God. Something I wanted. I remember crawling to the front one day and I was privileged to be in a college where some of the greatest missionaries that ever lived came and spoke in our chapel every day. And, and I would crawl and I would sit and I'd just listen to Charles Greenaway and, 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 and I don't remember if it was the, the old timers. And, and, I would, and I'd listen to them and, and I'd want it. I remember the first time I led someone to the Lord, I had to take them back and grab my book out and read to them of a class that I was learning how to lead someone to the Lord. And I remember reaching my hand out after we prayed the prayer. We read the book together. I reached my hand out to pray for him. The power of God hit that person. And then what I know now is a demon came out of him. And... And, and I didn't know it was happening, but I just reached back and said, Lord, just fill him and save him or whatever. And the Lord delivered him, filled him, saved him because God's good. And that guy had an, an, a, a, he had an encounter with God, and I didn't even understand that. I was kind of getting where I saw it in the Bible, and I was starting to believe fact, and I was gaining an understanding. I was gaining an understanding wise what is the presence of God I was gaining in all those understandings and as I gained understanding I would get faith and I'd gain understanding then I would choose to believe it hey guys I'm lifting your hands it's in the Bible we're supposed to do it it's not a it's not a it's not a style it's not something certain churches do I've, I've, I've pastored Baptist Methodist non-denominational and assemblies of God and I preached it the same in all of them it's not a style or a preference it's a commandment there's seven ways to worship the Lord so what you do is you say God says to worship that way I'm going to get over myself I'm going to get over myself and I'm going to give God worship that he do that he so dearly deserves and I, and, and I got to a point where I realized worship wasn't about me getting tingles on my neck and feeling the presence of God. It was about giving God what he is. And so I did the first time. How many of you remember the first time you lifted your hand? I, I remember it. It was probably like this. And man, it was tough. It was as tough as that baby dedication a little bit ago. No, <laughs> that was a tough one. I was sweating. <laughs> I was sweating. Jason, I, I, I know your name as I know my own name. <laughs> but when the kids are screaming and <laughs> but um but I but I, I remember and I'd grow and then I got to where I wouldn't lift my hands because I had sweat under my arms. Why do I have to embarrass myself all the time? But you know what the Lord said to me one day? You were worried more about that sweat on your arm? Or he probably didn't say it, I probably told it myself. So I lifted my hands with joy having eight-inch ringers. 
underneath there. Glory to God. All right? So, um, but here, here's what I think the Lord says. There's anything that we believe in Christian faith, there has to be a basis for that experience. The, the, the importance of the cross is the death. Jesus died on the cross, and because of that basis, I have forgiveness of sin. How many know the basis is because Jesus died on the cross, how many believe that you have forgiveness of sin? How many believe that one? Come on, everybody out there. How many believe that one? All right. And then there's a couple scriptures in your insert. You can look at those. And then it says, because Jesus raised from the dead, then I receive new life. And there's scriptures in there that says that the very same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. And the same power that rose, that made Jesus a dead man become alive, the word says, listen to this, the word says that you were dead in sin, but when you accept Jesus in your heart, the same power, come on, do you believe it? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal body. It doesn't say immortal body, it says your mortal body. That, that means the one you're living in now. There's going to be a quickening someday where the mortal's going to put on immortality. There is going to be one of those days, but, but, but that's a little bit later. Right now, the Word's teaching that in your mortal body, you can live in victory. You can live in success. You can live in freedom, and you can have life, an abundant life, not in the life to come, but in this life. That is a fact. These scriptures are facts. So what you got to do is you got to ask the Lord to reveal that to you. Reveal it like the crazy preacher on Sunday that gets passionate about that. I don't know what he's so passionate about. It's because you haven't got the revelation yet. What's he so excited about? I'm not the one sitting in front of of a computer bound by pornography. What's he so excited about? Because I understand that through revelation of the Holy Spirit to now I believe that. When the devil comes knocking at my door, I send Jesus to the door. Because I believe, took me years, but I took me years, but I believe greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. That is a fact. That is a fact. Now get revelation, get understanding, reveal that to me. And if you need scriptures on that, it's Ephesians chapter 1, 17. It says that God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, would give you the spirit of wisdom. How many want the spirit of wisdom? And revelation in the knowledge of him. So, so, so if you don't have wisdom or revelation or understanding in scripture, you can ask God for it. And you know what? I, every morning, I can look in the mirror and I can say, you're wise, you're smart, you are accepted, you are forgiven, you are holy, you are liked by God, you are anointed of God, you are at peace with God. I can say all those things with strong conviction and resolve because I know that's what the Word of God says to me and I have understanding and revelation of that and I believe it and I walk in that. Changes your life. Changes your life. So 
Because Jesus died on the cross, I have forgiveness of sin. Well, because Jesus raised from the dead, I have new life. Well, here's, here, here it is. Here's the new one. Here's the one I don't think a lot of you have. I, I think maybe a quarter get this in our church today. And some of you that think you got it don't have it. Just to be honest, I, I really think that. Some of you know it, but you don't believe it. You know, there's a guy that missed 18 in- heaven by 18 inches. He knew it, but he never believed it. You know, we don't have a lack of knowledge here. We have a lack of belief and understanding. Here's the third one. I don't think people get this one. Because Jesus has been exalted to the right hand of the Father, I am seated with him in heavenly places. And I do want you to show that video. It is cheesy. Not the video, but the clip. It is cheesy, but I picked it out because it's perfect. Notice that's a chair that you're in the same one. See, some of you don't, some of you don't realize that Ephesians teaches us that Jesus was raised and set at the right hand of God. In fact, KJV and New King James Version says, God made Jesus to set upon his right hand till he makes all enemies underneath his footstool. Okay, but then in, in chapter 2, verse 6, it tells you guys, it tells you and it tells me, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we're united in Christ Jesus. So brothers and sisters, you, you think Jesus, what does the right hand signify? Somebody say it. What's right hand signify? Authority. Say authority to your neighbor. Authority. Authority. How many believe that Jesus Christ has all authority? Below the earth, in the earth, and above the earth. How many believe he has it in all the places? That he is king of kings, lord of lords, God almighty. Death couldn't hold him. He's king of, seated in authority. So why do we let the devil beat our butts at everything? Why do we lay down and become a doormat? Why do we walk in, in, in non-victory and, 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 and all this? And, and guys, when I say that, I'm saying it to me. Why do you do that, Brian? Because I haven't got a full revelation of that. But let me tell you, I'm getting a full revelation of that. And the more I am starting to understand that, the more I'm believing it. And it's making me act and be different. Man, I hope you guys are getting this. I I really wish somebody had broken it down that easy to me. Because Jesus was exalted to the right hand of the Father. I've been seated with Christ in heavenly places But here I want to add one more thing. Because Jesus is exalted and seated with with God in heavenly places, the Holy Spirit has been given. Anybody out there say amen. We know our sins are forgiven because Jesus died on the cross. We know that we have, that we live a risen new life because the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Here's the new one. We know that we receive the Holy Spirit 
Because the Father has been glorified in the Son, and the Son is exalted at the right hand of the Father. Therefore, I receive the Holy Spirit. Put that slide up. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. I picked this slide out on purpose. The Holy Spirit was not poured out until Christ was exalted. Even down in John, I had this a little bit later. I've got something down in John called the prophetic breath. In John 20, verse 19 through 22, it says that the Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jews, Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there. This is after the resurrection. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them, and he said, peace be with you. And he spoke, and he showed him the wounds in his hand and the sides. They were filled with joy. They saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Look at this. It says, then he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. That was not the fulfillment of Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit has not yet been released in the earth. Only Jesus went like this. And the Spirit came upon them. In the Old Testament, kings, priests, and prophets were the only ones that the Holy Spirit came upon them. The Spirit would come upon them just like that breath. The Spirit would come upon Samson and he would be strong. But then the Spirit would go on. The Spirit would come upon uh, David and when he slew Goliath. And then, then the Spirit would go. The Spirit was here, then gone. The Spirit would come upon them and they would prophesy. The Spirit would come upon people. In the Old Testament, it is not until, here is a fact, listen, listen, believers, the Holy Spirit did not come to the earth in the fullness until 50 days after his death, and that's where we get the word Pentecost, which means 50th, 50 days past his resurrection, They celebrated the Passover, and that's when the Holy Spirit came. For as yet, it was just this. It was just come upon him. Well, what are you so crazy about this for? Because Jesus has been exalted, you need basis for faith. How many of you want the Holy Spirit or want the presence of God? It's just a whim and a wham. Unless you have biblical truth and basis. How many, believe, how many believe that the cross forgives your sins? How many believe that the resurrection gives you new life? Well, here's the next one. Because Jesus was exalted, the Holy Spirit has been given to you. Woo! Different than Old Testament. Here's scripture. Here's fact. Acts 2, 32. This is the day of Pentecost. Peter got up and was trying to tell him what the world was happening. God raised Jesus from the dead and we're witnesses of this. Now he, who's he? Who's he? Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven. 
Where at? At God's, where? And the Father, as he what? How many think God's a liar? And the Father, as he promised, gave him what? To do what? To pour out upon us. I love this next line. Just as you see and hear today. What this is saying, Peter states that the Lord Jesus was, here's basis, basis for faith. The Lord Jesus was exalted at the right hand of God. What was the result of this? He received of the Father the promise that the Father promised him. He said, you go do that, I'm going to do this. And what followed the miracle of Pentecost? The result of the exaltation, the result of Jesus being at the right hand, the result of the exaltation was this which you're seeing and hearing. This is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that nobody knew about. This is what Joel talked about in Joel chapter 2. And I don't know if we'll get on this. I can't today. But Peter also said later, he said, this is that which Joel prophesied. But when you look at this is that, there wasn't anything in that what Joel was saying happening then. So ask the Lord, what's up with that? And he'll show you because he wants to give you understanding. Now I'm going to have to tell you that because so you're going to think something's wrong with the word. But there's nothing wrong with the word. This is that comes in many different ways to people. The this is that came to Moody in a way that was different than Finney. That this is that came to Finney in a different way than it was to Tory. That this is that, the way the Holy Spirit comes upon people can be in many different ways. But what we know when you wrap it up and look at it all, this is that which the Holy Spirit that they talked about in Joel. So let, look at verse 36. So let everyone know in Israel for certain that God made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. So, so, so the result. Upon the basis was the spirit first given to the Lord Jesus he poured out. It was upon the fact of the exaltation the Holy Spirit was poured out. I think we got that. Listen to this. Three facts are basis of faith. Because Jesus died on the cross to have forgiveness of sin. We need to declare that. Because Jesus was raised from the dead I received new life. Because Jesus has been exalted to the right hand of the Father, I now can receive the promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's all because of him, and it's nothing because of me. Remission of sin, the first one, remission of sin is not based on human merit, but on the Lord's crucifixion. How many agree with that? Regeneration, or new life, is not based on human merit, but on the Lord's resurrection. How many believe that? Basis of faith. And the endowment of the Holy Spirit is not based on human merit. But it's based on what? What, what is the promise of the Holy Spirit coming to me? What is the promise? What, what is the basis that I can say, hey God, the Holy Spirit coming upon me. Guys, here's the basis. Everybody look at me. Here is the basis. Because... Jesus is exalted. 
Because of the cross, I have forgiveness of sin. I'm going to preach this till I see that we, we got it. Because of the cross, I have forgiveness of sin. Because of the empty tomb, I have new life. Because Jesus is exalted at the right hand of the Father, here's the third one. I have received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Okay, why is it that we haven't received the outpouring of the Spirit in our life? And I felt the Lord tell me today that our church, while I was in worship today, I felt the Lord tell me that three-quarters of our church doesn't understand what the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is. So I'm going to teach it. We're going to teach it till, till, till we're going to teach it about four weeks on the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to keep preaching. I love preaching this because I'm preaching it from somebody that didn't understand it, know about it, or believe in it. And now I'm sold. And I, know, I believe it's the key. Finish this sentence for me, please. Let's all participate. Finish this sentence. Because Jesus died on the cross, I have what? Does everybody believe that? Because Jesus raised from the dead, I what? What do I have because of that? Is his, is his power in you? Is it the same power? I want to say, is it the same power? You really believe that, Conrad? You believe it, Jason? Is it the same power? Then look at your sin in the face and say, greater is he that's within me. Then look at death and fear and anxiety and hopelessness. Look at it say I'm a new, everything's new to me and I'm in Christ and I live the risen life. I don't worry. I don't fret. I don't dread. Well, because Christ is exalted to the right hand of the Father, was there or was there not a promise given by Father? How many believe there was a promise given? What was the promise? That he would what? Okay. Because Christ is exalted at the right hand of the Father, what do I receive as a result of that? Who said that? Say it louder. Do you believe that? How many of you believe that? How many before today, I, I got all kinds of scriptures on this, because I fought it. Acts chapter 8, very clear. It says, Peter preached the word concerning Christ and repentance, and they believed the preaching of the cross, and they got saved. Then after they got saved, what's, what, what usually happens after salvation? Water, everybody say it. Water baptism. All right, these guys were saved and they were water baptized. Then they sent word to Jerusalem and said, my goodness, all these people's been saved. We're baptizing people like crazy. And they said, great, we're sending Peter and John. Peter and John traveled down to Samaria. 
I don't know how long it took them. But when they got down there, it says they prayed for them to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because as of yet, it had fallen on none of them. Only they had believed in the Lord Jesus and they were water baptized. Read it for yourself. Acts chapter 19 is another one. Have you received since you believed? Well, we heard about John's. No, not John's. Well, we heard about Jesus. That's what I'm here telling you about. Yeah. Then they got water baptism. Then they received. There's always a succession of things. But here is what the church is missing. We believe in the cross for forgiveness of sin. And I don't even know if if before today, I don't even know if people got second base. We believe that because Jesus raised from the dead that I live a risen life. Some of you is going home with that one as a basis. But here's the one few go on to receive is knowing because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, I can receive the Holy Spirit. One more scripture, Acts 2, 38 and 39. Same chapter. Peter replied. Here's what happened. After they preached all this, these guys are like, oh, man, we did that. What can we do to make this right? Man, we we, we did that. Man, we're sure something's happening here. You guys realize 3,000 people got saved in Acts chapter 2? And that's just talking about, correct, is, it, is that just men, Dave, or is that everybody? And, huh? All of them. They had 3,000 saved. One sermon, three grand, three people getting saved? Wow. Okay, so, so, so in that, they were like, wow. Peter, Peter, they were like, man, what do we got to do? We're crushed. We did that. Peter said, each of you must first... Repent of your sins. Turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Then you will receive the Holy Spirit. The promise is to you, your children, to those that are far off, and all who have been called to the Lord Jesus. Four things are mentioned in Acts 2, 38 and 39. Repentance, baptism, forgiveness of sin, and Holy Spirit. The first two... Are conditions the second two are gifts I believe there are always if and then with the Lord if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray then I will hear from heaven I believe there's always if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead Romans chapter 10 Verses 8 through 10. Then you shall receive salvation. Are y'all with me? So there's always ifs and thens. Okay, well the condition or the ifs was repentance and baptism. When conditions are met, gifts are given. The first condition is repentance. And what repentance is, it's a change of the mind. Oh, I wish I could teach on repentance. It, it, it's, it, here's some examples. Formerly, I thought sin was pleasant, 
But I changed my mind on that. How many's had a change on mind that sin's fun? It's fun for a season, but it'll come and bite you in the ant. Formerly, I thought the world was attractive, but now I know better. How many would agree with that? That's repentance. Formerly, I, re- I regarded Christians as miserable, and why would I want to be one? How many know that's different now? Once I thought, thought certain things were delightful, now I detest what I thought was delightful. Once I saw the need for Christ, no need for Christ, but now I'm like, I can't live without him. Anybody out there say Amen. So, so that's, and the second condition is baptism. Baptism, the outward expression of inward faith. I'm talking about water baptism. When I truly believe, when I truly, see, I've been one to rethink this. We always say, we always run you guys down saying who wants to be baptized. I think it ought to be the other way around where you guys are running us down saying I want to be baptized. I don't know what it is with church people. They think we're omniscient. Church people think, Staff and pastors are omniscient. You, you all think we know if you're sick or, or if you're in the hospital or you had a doctor's appointment. And then for some reason you get torqued at us if we don't call or let you know we cared. We would if we knew. Anybody out there say amen or oh me? Okay, okay. But, but, but so, so baptism is when I truly believe that I've died, that I've died with Christ and I've been buried and that I'm re- risen with Christ, then I seek out authority and say, hey, will you baptize me? Because it's an action that you're declaring publicly what you privately believe. Conditions. When conditions are met, as the worship team's coming, when conditions are met, then gifts are given. When these conditions were met, forgiveness came. When these conditions were met, the gift of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was given. Now, I know some of you scholars are saying, yeah, what about the thief on the cross? Give me a break, seriously. Give me a break. Well, what about, you're saying you've got to be water baptized before? Hear the heart of the thing. Hear the heart of the thing. Let's, let's don't strain on gnats and dot eyes and crosses. The, the, the point is that repentance is a condition for sure for forgiveness. It's a repentance. Baptism is definitely a next step for you. Now, let's don't debate when it is and how it happens, but it's definitely a next step for you. Anybody out there, say amen. And May 6th, we're having one, a baptism here. And then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Meet the conditions and we receive the gift. Father, every head bowed and eyes closed. I'm, I'm more concerned today. I, I don't care what we've got planned. I, I am so concerned that we heard the word today. And that I haven't wasted your time. And that something was deposited in you today that can help you. Lord, I pray today that the spirit, that the spirit of wisdom, if you're sitting in your seat, I ask the Lord, say, Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom. Give me understanding 
about these things Brian's preaching on. Some of you aren't even to the third one on the Holy Spirit outpoured yet. It was revelation to you, man, that Jesus' spirit is in you. That gives you a new life and you can overcome and you can carve out a new life and a new home and new friends and a new disposition and a new outlook. Because you're forgiven and because Christ's spirit is in you. Some of you can see that your situation isn't dead today and hopeless because resurrection life is in you. And Lord, I pray in the next four weeks as I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit, I'm praying that there will be a hunger, that, that this church will be like, we're calling it 50-day countdown to Pentecost. The sermon series is called Fullness, 50 Days to Pentecost. Lord, I pray the next 50 days that people will read the book of Acts, that they'll read 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, that they'll read scriptures, that they'll look up everything they can about the Holy Spirit, and they'll ask the Lord to give them understanding. Lord, give us fact, give us understanding. Because with that comes belief, and belief, experience follows. Lord, let us experience the Holy Spirit. Let us experience the friendship. Abraham was called the friend of God because he experienced the Holy Spirit. David was a man that knew the presence of God, a man after God's own heart because he knew this presence. People were strong because they knew his presence. Lord, give us a hunger to have the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen. Let's stand to our feet today. In your insert, there's something in there that says my name. And if you made a decision for Christ, to receive Christ today, we're going to pray with you. You can mark that one. And the second one says that you're taking your first communion. I meant to say I would like to be baptized May 6th. If you want to check that second one, we'll know that you want to be baptized and then you put your phone number and your text and your email. And last time I did this, I had seven people and I got to talk to every one of them. I will personally contact you. If you're here today and you want to receive salvation, I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. And Lord, I see the cross and I see that I need forgiveness of sin. And I ask you now to forgive my sins and I ask you to come into my heart today. And I experience, I want to experience, and Lord, I want to be filled with that new life that comes in knowing Christ. Jesus, come into my life and give me that new resurrection life in Jesus' name. And then the third thing is you that want to receive the Holy Spirit.
from now till Pentecost, the next four weeks, I want you to begin to make that known to the Lord that I want to experience what pastor is preaching about. We're going to have the prayer team up here. You can be prayed for for anything. They're going to be setting up here. On the sides is communion. You can take communion. You can take it on your own. I'm going to dismiss you in the name of Jesus. Any prayer you need, any of those things you checked, you can leave them at the front or take them to the red table, and you can take communion. But you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. The Lord bless you. information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.